Hello, movie fans. Welcome back to Through the Lens. I have a big episode ahead of us today where we will assess arguably a top five trilogy of all time, higher or lower, depending on where you stand on good movies. We have some top men working on the show today. Who? Top men. One of those top men is friend of the show and Lucasfilm's connoisseur Jack Hart and the ever-busy Alex Houston working so diligently behind the board right now and wearing a fedora for some reason. Whatever. What? Before we get into everything... This is... Before slander? we get into what everybody is waiting for, let's go over some of the biggest movie news. And there's a big snake in the studio, Jack. Ah, that's just my pet snake, Reggie. I hate snakes. Uh, Alex, take it away. Oh, good Lord. And with that incredible intro, let's get into, as we always do in uh, the 28th episode of Through the Lens so far, we're going to start off with some movie news. And a big thing that I want to have a bit of a debate uh, right now, I won't go too long on it. Daniel Craig, who is retiring from the Bond films with No Time to Die this year, said, quote, why should a woman play James Bond when there should be a part just as good for James as James Bond but for a woman? What do you guys think? Because this was very divisive when it was posted, and a lot of people had a lot of very different opinions on it. What do you guys think of I'd Craig be, saying I'd that? be cool with a woman being James Bond, but I also get what he's saying where they should they could just write a better character than James Bond for a woman. I don't I'm I'm on both sides on that. I don't really care. Yeah, Jack, what about you? I agree. I will say I know I know Chris, friend of the show, is is big on the you know, just make better stuff. There's no reason to to roll out the old bones of something else to put a new costume on it when you can make a great new character for a woman to to play the role of. Like but Jane Bond. Yeah. Obviously, I don't have a problem with a woman playing James Bond, but I think the the character of James Bond doesn't lend itself well to being a woman. You have to do some jump through some hoops to change the character, and I, at that point, you might as well. At, at that point, you're just you know. Putting putting some lipstick on a on a pig, as they say. Yeah, and, uh, I, I think I think that's a very good point. Like I would say, you know, I understand the benefit of lending the uh, James Bond name to the character because you know a movie that has James Bond on the title is going to sell more tickets than insert new name here. That's mm-hmm. that, I I get that from a business standpoint, but it doesn't do well to establish the character because it'll always be linked. Not to mention, inviting the James Bond name only invites further comparison. You know, it's. Yeah. That that's a very dangerous thing of those types of films in general for just the male the male cast members in general, let alone changing the identity of of said character. And again, I think you made a very good point. You know, how much I mean, how much criticism are you inviting if you it is just James Bond in name alone? And so, you know, they fundamentally change the character to where the character would be nothing like. And obviously, you know, as you said, they they couldn't be anything like previous characters. That's the point, right? Uh, I mean, you have the opportunity of like the James Bond cinematic universe where you have you know jane bond colon mm. a james bond story like i i, I, like again, that. that's I, cool. I think i think that's i think that's the fine link to establish but i i, I do worry because again we're, we're in the age in hollywood where it's probably the laziest age we've been in in a long time i would say in terms of remake upon remake upon i don't know the the thir- right when hollywood started they just make sequel after sequel well yeah but that's because they that was also the experimental oh my gosh we have cameras that function you know, so I think I think you've got to give them credit there in regards to the fact that that was just an abundance of oh my gosh, look at this new technology we have, let's use it to our maximum ability. When in regards to this, it's you know, it's remake upon remake upon sequel upon sequel upon hey, remember this series we did then? We're gonna do it again and again. So I don't really have a problem with Craig's comments here. I get it. I think I think it's a fair point and a problem with Hollywood right now is the you know people aren't. 
finding ways to create interesting characters. They're just saying, ooh, what if we make this already established thing and just make it more diverse, which is a good step in increasing diversity across Hollywood, absolutely, but doesn't do much in long term because you're not, nobody's doing anything creative in creating diverse characters. They're just recreating formerly non-diverse characters. Like, the original plans to make the black Superman just black Clark Kent, which was the actual plan. I'm not sure if that plan is still official, but there are there are multiple black Superman in comic books throughout the years of Superman lore that there is. And rather than that, they just said, what if we made it Clark Kent, but he's not, you know, the Clark Kent that has been written, right? And I think that's another thing that's like, why bother? You know, I mean, why aren't you giving credit to those other characters that have been written? What do you guys think about that? I mean, the at the end of the day, nobody really cares about John Henry Iron. No. I mean, they could make them care about them, but like... It, that's my point. They, the reason they, they want people to make... They want to make money, so they make them... It stirs up controversy. Yeah. It gets people that want to see it. It increases diversity. So, I mean, like, from a business standpoint, that's probably the best thing they can do. I instead mean, of making a John Henry Iron... Yes, yeah, John... Yes, his name. Yeah, that, that, but I, again, I, I think I think that just... There's a chance there to, again, take a major step forward when I think... It's a very temporary band-aid is that we'll make money with Clark Kent when in reality it doesn't do anything for the we'll genre to, we'll or the We'll have to get into movies itself. to fix it. We, we, the three of us, will have to get into movies to fix it? Jack, are you prepared Perhaps. to abandon the engineering world to join us in film? I might just have to intervene. You can be an Imagineer. I might have to intervene. Uh-oh. Oh, oh Lord. Oh, Lord. Um, but, yeah, so that that's the biggest thing right now. I'm actually kind of looking forward to seeing Craig's last installment. I've always liked him as James Bond. The movies were kind of... He hates iffy. it, so... Well, I mean, no, so, I mean, you know, he gave that speech where I think he hates very much like Harrison Ford hated Star Wars. The fact that he's primarily known for that and the fact that it is an intense workload. I mean, it's, it's a year-round thing where you do the movie for however long it takes, then you're doing press tours about it for months. And that was Ford's same gripe with Star Wars to an extent. So I, 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 don't, I mean, you know, they just released a clip of his speech on set where he really enjoys making them with the people that's around him. But I think he dis, he dislikes, you know, a lot of the press that surrounds it because it is such a big name brand. What's up next, Alex? Uh, the next thing. And right now, these are not really the biggest news. So we've only got four things left before we get into um, Indiana Jones. American Underdog, the biopic about Kurt Warner starring Zachary Levi, had a trailer drop. And I'm going to be honest, it did not look very good. I don't know if you guys saw it. it wow. It, it looked, I mean... Somebody brought up a point that Rudy looks cheesy, and if you go back and watch the trailers for Rudy, it is about as cheesy. And, like, it just looked meh. Like, Kurt Warner's story is cool. I've just heard it a million times. So Can't wait to about see him it. bagging groceries. Can't wait to see him on the Iowa Barnstormer. And, and the, guy who, the guy who plays Mike Martz was terrible. Like, they showed him in the clip for, like, five seconds, and I was like, that, that's bad. That looks like you got your Mike Martz costume at Party City. But I, it just it was okay. I don't know. I really enjoyed uh, his acting performance on an episode of Sweet Life on Deck when London Tipton purchased the Arizona Cardinals and renamed them the Arizona Sparklies and made their uniforms pink. I remember that, unfortunately. Check that out if you, I, I, if you want a little primer on the Kurt Warner movie. I, I'm not sure if anybody needs to see that. And additional trailers, um, the trailer for Princess Diana film Spencer, starring Kristen Stewart as Diana, uh, just released its trailer. It's going to take place in the time when Diana decides to divorce Prince Charles. That story has been depicted and Are they depicted gonna show and her depicted. Get- I'm not sure. That's not clear. It's It's been depicted already in The Crown on Netflix, and this is another installment. Uh, I actually kind of look forward to it. Kristen Stewart really, like, their set pictures were released months ago, mm-hmm. and she really looked exactly like Diana. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that entire movie is, because that is a very interesting story if you really go back. I don't think we yeah. at all lived through any of it. People love the royal family. They'll eat anything up with a spoon if it has a crown on top of it. Nobody acknowledges that 
the royal family is the one behind it. Oh, oh, that's um, oh, um. Save you're it. Not, I'm gonna come be on the show next week. That, now. Save it for the episode. That 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 sounds that that's a little close to um. Never mind. Anyway, what? look close to what, Alex? I, I, I don't Am know. Am I wrong, Davis? I don't know what the answer is, but you said it as if it were fact. Well, I'm not gonna be here next week. Goodbye, y'all. Oh Lord, gonna get um, whacked. As Grayson just just looked at me when I said you said it as if it was fact. I think he senses he senses the potential. Uh, never mind. Anyway, whatever. Grow up. Um, next news. The, yes, the next news. Trailer for The Extraction 2 starring Chris Hemsworth was released. I did not like the first one. I'm not excited for this one either. Like I Never saw it. Didn't watch the trailer. It's a lot of those Netflix, ooh, what if we do cheesy action movie with a lot of rock music, which was what Six Underground was, and I hated that movie. Like I, Did you see guys it. see that movie? No. I don't, watch, so I don't watch cheesy action movies. Michael Bay directed. There was a whole 10-second scene where Dave Franco gets distracted because this girl in a, in a red dress walks across a crosswalk. Like there the was look, there look was five seconds. The of, it was terrible. Look, look at the girl in the red dress. Look it was again, terrible. Neo. It was terrible. <laughs> oh my gosh! Stop it. Last news. Um, and the, stop rushing me along. You're, I got something. Gonna, I got some news I want to say. Just oh, in oh, case okay. you ain't got. We have um, four movies. To last talk about. news is that Netflix has acquired the Roald Dahl com- uh, story company in a deal that was estimated to be worth seven hundred and fifty million dollars. And his fil- the, his most famous uh, works include James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Did so Netflix looking to adapt those. Yeah, don't. can't wait for James and the Big Nectarine. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really not have the biggest thing in news in there? Did I miss something? The Mario movie Ooh. cast oh. has been released. I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready. so sorry. I got, I, I got the cast right I in front too. of me. I completely slipped my mind. Go ahead. I, I really am excited to talk about this, though. Sebastian Maniscalco is Spike. Awesome. Kevin Michael Richardson is Kamek. Fred Armisen's Cranky Kong. I'm looking forward to I that. Like, that like one's that gonna one. be fun. I love Fred Armisen. Seth Rogen is Donkey Kong. Uh, barrels. <laughs> King of Michael Key's Toad, which is gonna be is the joke that he doesn't sound like Toad. He's I think it might be. A joke. None of them sound like their characters. I don't want Mario. Uh, Chris Pratt's been working on his Mario. Spoiler <laughs> alert: That's who's playing Mario. Kringle McCringleberry. <laughs> Anya Taylor Joy from the Queen's Gambit and other stuff is Peach. I think that'll be good. Charlie Day's Luigi. I think that'll be funny. <laughs> uh, I don't know how they saw Charlie Day's in a mo- in a show with Danny DeVito and didn't think, hey, maybe we should get Danny DeVito in this to be something. Yeah. Danny DeVito to be Bowser instead of Jack Black. I, I yeah, and then in the last let's rock. And then last the 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 star the star characters, huh? The star characters. Chris Pratt. Wait, from did you Jurassic? say who Bowser was? Yes, Jack we just Black. said it. I just did a Jack oh. Black joke. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I, I missed it. Charles Martinet is also uh, billed in the cast as well, who is, of course, the voice of actually Mario and pretty much everybody else in the series. I'm excited. I mean, War- Adam Driver's baby Mario. Wario hasn't been listed yet, so, kidding, I mean, so. Elon Musk could come reprise his no! role as Wario from SNL. I'm going to be honest. I... For for adapting characters, this might be the worst uh, voice casted film in the history of the planet. I, have, I mean, I would like to be proven wrong. You, I, I would too, but the the reality is, you are casting characters with such distinct voices, with years and years of audio to cite. This and you're gonna pick, like like okay, for example, the Lego Movie, right? Chris Pratt was great in a movie. Where he was not having to adapt his voice. He's just Chris Pratt. Very fun. Like. If he doesn't sound like I Mario, I don't think Chris Pratt's going to put on an Italian accent. And well, I'm exactly. Fine with that. My point I was trying to make to Chris the other day, and he yelled at me for it. Was Let's that a go? Is that they're they're just casting based on names and not on voice talent? 
And Chris got mad at me for that. Wait, no, yeah, he, you're right, which is what makes it bad. That's what I Yeah, yeah I know. That's like, what I said. Th- like, this is what, th- like, Pix- okay, say, take Pixar, for example. And I don't, you I, know, you this, never want to. I mean, this reminds me of Wreck It Ralph, frankly. Hmm. Like it, it's going to have a lot of parallels with Wreck-It Ralph. I yeah, think. But, I, but I mean, I, again, that's not adapting, so it's it's almost okay to cast on name because again, th- those yeah, are also good performances. But I, I, I mean, I, I just think like Jack McBrayer. I wouldn't think of him as like a great voice actor, but he comes in and like kills it as Fix-It Felix. So it, I mean, I, I'd like to be proven wrong by by the like. I mean, I've never really seen any any of these people as as voice actors, especially that, like Fred Armisen and you know Michael Richardson. I'm excited to see Kamek. I'm just interested to see exactly what they do. I think uh, a a time recently something like this happens in Scoob. Actually, it wasn't that bad. They cast Will Arnett, or it wasn't Will Arnett? Was it I, Davis? I they don't know. casted. They casted. Nobody saw that movie. I did. Oh, they casted Will I something. I think it's Arnett as Shaggy, and he just did his regular voice. He didn't do Shaggy's voice. Which made me aggravated. Okay, yeah, that I have not seen that actually. Now I want to just to You're just like hey Scoob. I, but it's it's Will Arnett who I know. Yeah, is it that's, Will Arnett? What, I, and if okay, whoever it is, it's not Will Arnett. Oh my gosh, who is it? It's some Will guy. Will Will Defoe. Will Forte. Will. Forte. Oh, I like Will Forte, but yeah, that's now I'm imagining that that's bad. Um, I don't Zoinks. know. I just I think that, you know. I think you've got to adapt the plot in a unique... Somebody said, what if it's all these random people get sucked into a Mario game and are playing these characters, which would be the pass for them not to sound anything like that. That's just Jumanji. Well, yeah, I know, but as I said, we live in the laziest era of Hollywood. It's not unprecedented. Well, an X never marks the spot. I think it's going to be good. I like... I mean, Steve Carell... I mean, this is an Illumination film, and I think of, like, Gru, Steve Carell. He puts on a pretty iconic voice. Well, yeah, but I mean... Okay... That I mean that I don't know. I just have more faith in Steve Carell. <laughs> that's what gives me hope. I that, mean, that's it, fair. There's so much talent flying around in this movie. I, I I would like it to be good. So it is Illumination Studios on, the, yes. on this one, right? Okay, it's, yeah. It's also it's Universal owns Mario yeah, right now. Yeah, because Universal is currently building Nintendo World in Orlando. Oh yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they, they opened it in Japan. It looks really cool. Yeah, it's gonna be really cool. That's what the room. That's the only established one of the new four parks they're building in Orlando right now. It's gonna be very exciting. Um, All right, theme park chat. Did you know that uh, Magic Kingdom is built on top of a slag heap? I got theme park check. Did you know that you Universal has a bit of the Berlin Wall? What? Hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. That if you go behind the 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 rock, the Hard Rock Cafe, there's a piece of the Berlin Wall you can look at. Let's go back. Sorry, I could fill an hour with theme park chat. So take. We'll it just away. we'll just create a new. All right. Uh, theme well, park I'll, my, theme park hey, chat. I'll try my segue again. Hey, 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 never hey, marks the hey, spot. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> One of the best rides at Disney World is more of a show. It's called the Indiana Jones Stunt Show. Mm, Whoa! Closed yeah. down because of COVID, unfortunately. Oh, Alex I, just has I, to bring a damn. No more. I, no I, more civilians there. getting punched. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I agree though. So yeah, well, that's right. We're here to talk about the Indiana Jones trilogy plus one. Quadrilogy. Qua- and, and soon to be a trilogy plus two. Sintilogy. I, I, I'm not right? sure if that's what it's called. Everyone's excited for untitled fifth Indiana Jones film releasing July 29th, 2022. That's going to be directed by James Mangold and screenwritten by <laughs> Jez Butterworth. <laughs> that's not that's a real name, is it? It is. He just read it. Jez, I don't believe it's real. It. Jez and John Henry Butterworth. Wow, John Henry Butterworth. This is gonna yeah, be excellent. Gonna, Are they starting a butter company? He's uh he's competing with a steam shovel to <laughs> write the uh write the movie. This is gonna be excellent. So as to prepare for that untitled fifth Indiana Jones film, which nobody knows anything about. Also, we, dropping the game. Yeah, there is a. Bethesda that's right. Game. They are get. They are going to be. We know a little bit about well. it, including True. some of the cast. Okay, which, yeah, that that's fair. That's fair. We're going to talk about 
and we watched the first four Indiana Jones movies, first of which came out in 1981, Raiders of the Lost Ark, then Temple of Doom, The Last Crusade, and finally Kingdom of a Crystal Skull. But I've got to start with the classic, the one that really started it all and sort of, I would say, revitalized that sort of action-adventure genre in the 1980s, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Everybody's seen this movie a million times, I would say. I don't think going plot point by plot point is necessary in this case. And additionally, we have four movies to discuss, so we could be here a very long time. But guys, what are your thoughts on Raiders of the Lost Ark? Before we get in, I will say, once again, 1981, directed by Steven Spielberg, as all four of the films were. This was written by Lawrence Kasdan, story by George Lucas and Philip Kaufman, and produced by Frank Marshall. Hmm. Well, you know, uh, I think this one has the most interesting villains out of all the four, personally. Really? It has Rene Belloc, or as I, for some reason, called him Marvin Belloc the whole time. I think Wait, that's why Marvin Belloc is something else. Marvin Belloc is from Zodiac, is why I thought it was Marvin Okay, but Belloc. yes. Your friend, Chuck Marvin Belloc. Chuck Berry's cousin. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think Raiders of the Lost Ark is, personally, it's my favorite. I'll go ahead and spoil that for y'all. It's the one I have the most fond memories of. I think it has some of the best quotes that you remember the most. They're digging in the wrong place. Mm-hmm, it has Alfred one. Molina in it. What what else could you want from that's it? true? There, that Alfred Molina in uh, a role where he doesn't look much like Alfred Molina from Spider Man Two. That was his first I movie re- ever. Really, like his very first movie. Well, mm-hmm. he does pretty good, I would say. Well, he um, dies. Well, yeah, but I mean his role. I, honestly, the the opening sequence to me is my favorite part about this movie. It's Not most iconic. Because one thing, it, and it, it establishes that I forgot about, was the you don't really see him. Because one, one thing I really like about this movie compared to um, a lot of action films, both then and in the more modern day, is they kind of struggle to establish their act. Jack? Sorry. <laughs> Alex, I was just thinking that you're really good at writing essays. Why is that? Because you can get your word count. That's not a diss at you. It's just a, it's a good skill you have. All right. So the it feels the, like a diss. The Peruvian temple. I mean, I just really enjoy the fact that it established him without you. You don't see his face till that walk through the smoke, where it's sort of this mythical character where you see his whip and his hat, and everybody's sort of watching him, and people scream and run away, and he just walks through the jungle as if it's nothing. And I just enjoy that because I think a lot of movies don't really establish these aura or aura around characters compared to this movie, which does it well and continues throughout the entire uh, series. I can't say trilogy, so I'm going to say series. I enjoy one of my favorite methods of a cold open is to drop you right into the middle of something, which is exactly what uh, this film does. I think uh, Scooby-Doo the first does a good job of that. It just drops you right in the middle of something. You know, no time to explain. Let's just show you what these characters are about doing their thing without having to uh, establish anything. I mean, there's a little bit of build-up, you know, the, the map and the burros and the, uh, you know, getting ready to go into the temple, but, you know, there's no, like, planning. There's no exposition. They're, they're, you're, just, you're dropped right into the temple, and you're going on an adventure with them. You're like, everything around the corner is exactly... You don't know what the idol looks like as just as much as they don't know what it's going to look like. So you're, you're along for the ride. The movie's not ahead of you, or behind you, for that matter. Hmm. You're right there That's in it. That's a good point, yeah. You figure out all the booby traps with them. You're with them the whole way. It's a good point. Yeah, and it was funny. I was watching it with my uh, roommates, and they had not seen it as much as I had, and they were talking about how this seems very similar to other movies they've seen. It's kind of the fact that this movie really did restart that genre and established a lot of the tropes that have appeared in the last 40 years since then. You know, the drop adventure in the middle of his last mission which will then somewhat connect to his next mission that the movie will be about, but, you know, 
you don't see two. You see the end of one and the beginning of another. And I, I really like that start off rather than, again, as you said, the exposition at the beginning of the movie is always very tiresome. So I like this movie takes an opposite approach. I think Indiana Jones perfected, especially this one, perfected the uh, historical artifact action-adventure genre. I will include games in that because Uncharted is in that, and those games are phenomenal. And it's very clear what where their inspiration comes from, like not even hiding it. It's Indiana Jones. And all four of those artifacts in the Uncharted games I think would have made cool Indiana Jones movies by themselves. Not that y'all have played them. I, having not played them because I don't have a I'll tell you what they are real quick. First one's El Dorado, but it's not actually a city. It's an it's like a coffin, and you open it up, and zombies are made from it. The second one's Shambhala, which is Shangri-La. The third one's Irama the Pillars, and the fourth one's Libertalia. Wow. Sounds very fascinating. I can't wait to see the movie. <laughs> well, it's um, going gonna, to destroy the legacy of Uncharted. Oh, dear. Hey, have faith, Dave. I don't. I mean... That that, that, seems, that seems that seems dramatic. Okay, do y'all have any issues with Raiders of the Lost Ark? Because I'm pretty sure everybody agrees this is I top tier Indiana Jones. There's one issue that people have that has kind of become a meme. Oh, I know what he's gonna say. And that is, of course, Indiana Jones is not really important to the outcome of the plot. That wasn't even my biggest issue. But now that you mentioned, it, I don't really right. have an issue with that. I think that's just like a like a fun internet joke. But because uh, I mean, it's not about the end result of yeah. the movie. You know, it didn't happen. It's not real. You know, it, it's a fun story. Yeah. Um, I enjoy. The, the travel, you know, I enjoy um, the juxtaposition of Indiana being an archaeologist and then it just like, you know, he's running away from the natives, getting spears thrown at him, jumps in a moving plane, there's a big snake in the plane, and then like, hard cut, he's teaching Anthropology 101. Yeah. You know, it's funny. It's, yeah. Like, it's it's a good joke that shows that like, he, he, he acts like he's some like, stuffy professor, but in reality he's going out and getting shot at. But then also, I would say, I think... One of the things they try and establish, and it's more in the later movies, but it is kind of in this part, especially with the, oh my gosh, not snakes part, is the fact that he's kind of in the middle. He's not, you know, a nerdy professor who pretends to be this adventurer, but he's not also this, you know, adventurer who acts like he's this professor. I think he's kind of in the middle. Because I think, you know, there are moments where he looks genuinely afraid and terrified as if he's making it up as he goes. He's not, you know, yeah. he's when not he, the impervious Superman when he sees who pretends Reggie. to be nerdy Clark Kent. He's kind of in the middle of it. He's scared of snakes. And I think, like, that snake bit is funny, but it also does a really good job of establishing that, all right, he's not, he's not your James Bond, but he's also not, you know, pretending to be a hero. He's kind mm-hmm. of in the middle. He kind of sort of toes the line a bit. And I think... That's one of my favorite things about it is he's not perfectly this or that. I really like the scene in the college when the the government agents come and, you know, say this is our guy. He's going to tell us about the Ark. And I think it's a good way of doing exposition. Yeah. Uh, he, he sets the stage for what's about to happen, why the Ark's important, what it is if you don't know, which I, I probably the first time I watched this movie, I didn't know what the Ark of the Covenant was. Um, and it, it sets the scene. It shows that he's knowledgeable. It I mean, it shows that he's worldly, you know, when he starts speaking different languages later in the movie you understand that he's a professor he knows this stuff he's not he's not only talking about artifacts in peru he's not talking about biblical artifacts he knows all this stuff and he's the guy they come to about it so you it it, it, do, it speaks a lot to his character without having to act, act like read his resume out and then um from there i i find the movie is very fast paced they, they seem to get to egypt a lot quicker than you remember i mean you, you think that's like the final third but in reality it's almost the final two-thirds of the film. It reminds me a lot of Revenge of the Sith in that it, it's paced in a way that you don't remember how it's paced. Um, you know, Order 66 happens like 40 minutes into Revenge of the Sith, where 
they get to Cairo 40 minutes into yeah. um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. So I, I find the the beginning doesn't doesn't have doesn't have any fat on it. You know, you you go to you go to Peru, you go back to college, you go back to you go to Nepal, you meet Marion, you you get all that established, and then you can. It's a lot of set dressing to get ready for the big showdown in Cairo where we spend the rest of the film effectively. Yeah, I would say uh, that's definitely a positive for me. Also, of course, as always, the music. You mentioned the arc, which the exposition is always a lot easier when John Williams is playing the arc theme. I don't know what it's officially titled. It plays throughout the movie when the arc shows up. They played in Kingdom of the Crystal Skull when they go to the uh, the warehouse that the arc is at. Spoiler alert. Um, so, it again, the score is brilliant. He does it again. I mean, the fact that he made Empire Strikes Back and then a year later came back and made this and then made E.T., Return of the Jedi, all within the span of... I mean, for a 10-year period, he put out nothing but absolutely perfect scores. And this is no no exception with uh, the Raiders' March being, you know, iconic as iconic scores go. My biggest issue with this film is I can't really, I can't really put my finger on it because I watched them all sequentially and... I found myself not enjoying this one as much as I had in the past. I don't know why. I don't. I hadn't seen it in a while, so it wasn't like a you know. Oh, I've seen this before, right? Like I've seen Star Wars a million times, so naturally mm-hmm. I don't. I don't enjoy A New Hope as much as I did the first twenty times because I've seen it a hundred. But this one, I just I felt for one thing. It you mentioned how it gets to Cairo very quickly. It feels kind of rushed and a bit like you're like, wait a minute, how did they get there and how did that happen? Like they mentioned the staff of Ra and the medallion. This is one one big point where it didn't really make any sense to me. So they mentioned the medallion and they mentioned how. The Nazis made the replica medallion, but I'm thinking, how did they make the replica? Like, did they have the medallion? He burned it on his hand. Remember, and, he oh, picked it up. Oh, that's his hand. how they. But even, but even then, okay. Yeah, so, I was gonna ask. There's, there's a bit of like a mousetrap of how you find where the Ark is located. Did you yeah. find all of that believable? Because uh, no, so that, that was the problem. Is that, um, for me, to be honest, and again, no, this is, this is not me. Like, this is not a bad movie, and I'm not going to say that it is. This is just. I like all three of these movies. I say three because I don't like the fourth one. But I like them all, so when it comes to picking which is my favorite and picking between them, I'm going to get more nitpicky and more critical than I would be. But in reality, mm-hmm. I like all three of these movies. They're all going to get the four-star rating when I post about it or whatever. Like that, They're all going to get that, in my opinion, um, except for the fourth one, of course. But I would say that in, in that case, you know, like they mentioned that they had the mole, which gives them the location. But again, it's like I don't know why they would think I get that it's um it's Belloc is trying to pretend to the Nazis that he knows what he's doing because that's one thing, but it's just not hinted as as much that he is clearly trying to pretend because that's why he does the mold because he he wants to convince the Nazis that he knows what he's doing because he thinks the Nazis will kill him. I think that is very clear to me throughout because he he should know as much as Indiana Jones knows. If you don't have the actual thing, if it's a inaccurate replica, it's not going to uh, point onto wherever it, they need to go. But additionally, they should know about the room. I, I don't know. It was just why odd. should they know about the room? Oh wait, okay. I, I'm sorry. I, I'm jumping around because it was kind of confusing how it was all explained. So I'm well, trying yeah, to go the, back the big, to my head. The big head. crux of it is that Indiana knows that the stick you need to put the medallion on has to be exactly. I can't remember the name of the Hebrew. staff of Ra. Yeah. Well, I can't remember the, the oh, name of the, the unit. Cubit? Yeah, the cubit. It has to be five cubits tall. And the only reason you can, the only way you can know that is by having the amulet. And then he doesn't even think they have the amulet, so he snaps the stick over his leg and presumably destroys it. And that's the only way you can figure out where the where the ark's buried. And I, I, I find that all kind of believable. I think it's a good uh it's a good way of keeping the tension and you know, keeping giving the our protagonist a false sense of security. No, that's that's fair. I don't know. It just felt very rushed in its explanation and in the way it all progressed by comparison to the later one, specifically uh the third film, which has as ju- in my opinion just a complex journey to its end goal. 
Uh, I, I don't think I think Temple of Doom is probably the simplest, mm-hmm. but I would say the Last Crusade, which we'll get to later, has just as complex. Which is why when I compare the two, I think Raiders kind of rushes it and gets a bit. You know, there's a lot of weight. What just happened? As in, you said this is again a more of a like, very nitpicky, but they play the dive sirens on the submarine, and Indiana Jones is out on top of the submarine, does not go inside the submarine, and they just seemingly go above the water the rest of the way. Which, again, sub- mm-hmm. submarines can do that, but in wartime you wouldn't normally and you also wouldn't play the dive sirens and then not do it i get it was like ooh, cool sound effects as spielberg presses the soundboard 60 times but that that part to me was just like a bit wait because i genuinely thought oh they're gonna dive is he get does he get in i don't remember him getting in and then he doesn't it's like oh that's okay i'll say this one raiders of the lost ark has my favorite hunt for the artifact even though you were just kind of mm. ragging on it i like because the other one just kind of like they they kind of know everything he doesn't really have to figure as much out Except in the third one where he's in, has to get all the booby traps. That kind of shows it again. And the second one, which we can get into in just a second, I have issues with how they get to and figure out everything. I kind of have issues, like similar issues with you, how you do with this one. But I think uh, maybe not the arc is the most interesting, but the most interesting hunt for the artifact for me. It, it, is, it is certainly. I will say it also has it has personally my favorite antagonist, the guy with the hat and the glasses. Marvin Bella? Or are you no, talking about? Whatever his name was. Oh, um, the guy in black that gets his hand burned. Yes, he was just so weird and he, creepy, yeah, and I lo- I loved it. He's the he's his the name perfect is Major Arnold something. He's the perfect like campy 1980s villain that I love from th- this era, and I Arnold really Tot. Is that it? There you go, Major Arnold Tot. I thought and that was hilarious. Also, like, Colonel Dietrich. I, I, I Colonel Dietrich was very was very one dimensional to me by comparison. I think I think I think uh, Belloc and. Uh, and um, Bell- yeah, I Arnold like, are the I best. like the idea of Belloc and that he's just kind of along with the Nazis for the ride. Yeah. He's just kind of there to spite Indiana Jones as as it gets established without, you know, a good show don't tell scene in the first uh with him thwarting and stealing the uh the uh the relic from Indiana after he pulls it out of the the temple. And I think it's an interesting concept. I mean, at that at that day during that time, if there are people competing to get archaeological, you know, finds who better who better to team up with than the Nazis when Hitler was in fact look like this is this is based in history the fact yeah. that Hitler wanted to get every single artifact on the planet because he was obsessed with it he was not I mean not to the yeah. extent like it's fleshed no, out more in Crusade yeah but, exactly uh, and I think it's definitely you know uh, if you want to get your stuff and you want to you know be rich and famous and find this mysterious stuff why not team up with the guys that are putting more money to it than anybody and that and but then you can see in this case he doesn't really want to be there like he doesn't want Marion harmed and he doesn't. You know, he's clearly, oh, yes, we have the mold and we'll be fine. We'll we'll find it eventually, the room, and we'll find the Ark. When in reality, you know, do, does he? he? He doesn't know where it is. What actually. about the Ark opening scene? Do we like that? I liked it. Oh, that that that's classic. That's iconic. I love it. I, I Like, some people All think it's cheesy. With the like, angel? So I, cool. I think, I think it's awesome. I think it's, you know, I also think surprisingly violent films, but I'm glad they didn't hesitate. You know, these aren't. I'm glad that guy's head melted. I'm, I'm okay. More or less. I mean, that but, was. You're not glad. That's an awesome practical no, I mean, effect no, I mean, for me. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I am, but like, I just think it's very in, much. As again, I was watching it with my roommates who had not seen it much. They were surprised at how violent this movie that felt like a different vibe was because it doesn't hesitate. We know, again, Alfred Molina gets impaled like sixty places. Speaking on violence, I think. The second one is oh, the most violent. Oh, very nice transition, Davis. Does that mean we're going on to Temple Unless y'all have anything else to say about Raiders. I like it, but in my opinion, it has some more flaws for me. You know what that's they say, me. anything goes. Mm. And oh. X never marks the spot. You know, that's the third one. Well, come on now. 
we can cut that out. Nah, that okay. No! I, I don't okay, know what we out, but anyway, go ahead. Temple of Doom. This is Jax. I'll let you. I'll let you handle it. Actually, this is my favorite there of you go. the three. What? I, just like we rehearsed. Give, give us a qu- quick rundown. Yeah, go ahead, Jax. All Tell right. Us why. If you don't know about Temple of Doom, Temple of Doom is a prequel to Raiders of the Lost hmm. Ark, which is part of the reason it's my favorite. Um, it Wait, came out- really? What, Alex? I've forgotten about that. I'm sorry. You just watched it the other day. It starts in nineteen like twenty two. Do, 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 I forgot do, about do, that. Do, do, do. I'm, I, I, I'm. And it's a different, if a different, if it's, it's a different woman in it. Temple of Doom is set in 1935. Our Lost Ark is set in 1936. Temple of Doom came out in May 23rd, 1984. Directed by Steven Spielberg. Screenwriters Willard Hyuk and Gloria Katz. Story by George Lucas and George Lucas alone. Produced by Robert Watts. All right, Temple of Doom. If you don't know. It starts out in 1935 in the Club Obi-Wan. It's not, ni- it's earlier. 1935. What is it? In the Club Obi-Wan. Okay. Uh, a year before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Trust him. Indiana okay. Jones is hanging out with some Chinese gangsters looking like James Bond in his awesome white coat with a with a red flower. Um, the the cold open is the Paramount Mountain turning into a big gong. And then, I like I like the and then our uh, our Bond girl of the week Willie Scott who are portrayed by Kate Capshaw uh, sings an awesome rendition of Anything Goes including some Mandarin uh, just super cool I love that set piece uh, really it, it's so 1930s it's so Art Deco it like really puts you in the mood to get and it and the way the movie turns after after the opening Shanghai scene it it makes it it makes it even better like the contrast between rural India and like glitz and glamour Shanghai. I really like that um, that difference, um, and then you have like a classic James Bond scene with a with a like Lao She is the Chinese gangster, the main guy he's hanging out with. You have a double cross with the waiter that gets the uh, the antidote shot out of his his martini glass by the, by the gunfight and the champagne corks popping. And then you have the lazy Susan scene with the big diamond. Big diamonds important uh, because it uh, comes back later with the Sankara stones, and it's also kind of eye candy for Willie. Uh, who, whose motivations change throughout the film, as well as Indiana Jones, which makes this my favorite Indiana Jones movie. In my opinion, I'll lay it out. I'll, roll, I'll lay out the carpet early. My thesis is that the reason this oh. one's my favorite is because this is the movie where Indiana Jones becomes Indiana Jones. It is. He expresses the most change start to finish in this one from a greedy treasure hunter who's really smart and quick on his feet, but he starts really caring about the, you know, we don't get it belongs in a museum without this movie. In my opinion, that's a fair point. I must admit, I remember hearing about that, and it just totally slipped my mind upon watching it yet again. I don't, I don't know exactly uh, how that happened. So my bad on that one. So but. yeah, we have the Chinese gangsters. They escape on the plane with short round. Do we like short round? I love short uh, round. Yeah, he's my favorite part of the movie. Oh, okay, cool. I love short round. Wow. No, I mean, not okay, not actually, but like he, I, I really enjoy his what. Just say your thing. I just thought of something. Oh, I just think it's a very funny comic relief, but also there is a bit of a intense emotional connection between him and Indiana Jones, which yeah. I, I like because that's that's something that you know I think um, I feel like the first movie kind of lacked, as in Raiders kind of did lack that true connection between him and anybody. I mean, even Marion. I mean, Sal again. Sal was kind of oh, we're like buddies, and but it was it wasn't the same as this between Short because like remember. Like Indy's about to like punch Short Round, and Short Round says that he loves him, and it's like, oh my gosh, that made me what? so sad. Alex, like, did you see the after credit scene? What? I missed so many things. Where Short Round was saying bye to Doctor Jones, he was going, ah, I must have, I missed that. 
Uh, it's so not interesting real. to know. Oh, that you're, you're, oh, you that got me. While they have the same, uh, <laughs> almost the same hat, Jock in the first movie wears a New York Yankees hat. Short round in this movie is wearing a New York Giants hat. If you can believe that. While it does have it's pinstripes, don't mistake it for the New York Yankees. It used to be in New York. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. Back in 1935 when this movie takes place before Layers of the Lost Ark. All right. I really like the joke where he's like, We've seen the last of you, Lao Shay, and then he closes the door and it says Lao Shay. <laughs> That's a good one. Also, what That's about funny. what about Dan Aykroyd setting up their uh their flight? Dan Aykroyd. It was Dan Aykroyd. I, I didn't see him. It was Chris was like, is that the guy from Ghostbusters? It like I no, I <laughs> I, I, I watch Poets? it. I watch it, write it down, watch it again. because I heard, I wasn't even looking at the screen when he walks on. I hear something. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's obviously Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, it, was it, was. A, it was a reference to the Crystal Skulls. Yeah, Crystal Skull Vodka. What? Dan Aykroyd has a brand of vodka that uh, comes in a crystal skull. <laughs> All right, um, which they fi- track down in Peru in the next yeah, movie. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, oh, Lord. So they get on the plane. It crashes because the uh, the pilots jump the fuel and jump out. That's a great scene. That's a good, like, set piece. I really like that, that whole scene. Um, yeah, that it w- I would say this movie clearly upped it. Like, a lot of, I would say from the opening scene, which is clearly on another level in terms of I mean, yeah, spectacle, I mean, then the whole scene where it follows them jumping all the way out, which is not the tradition of movies of that era. It would just be they jump out, and then you'd cut to them landing, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then you have a really bad rotoscoped explosion when a, the plane hits the mountain. <laughs> it has its moments. But uh, I, the, the, the life raft sliding down the hill, it's fun. You know, it's, it, it's, uh, it jumps right into it. And then uh, they land at the, the village in, uh, in rural India, and then we uh, have some individuals who can speak English at the Indian village. But then Indiana Jones also starts to speak some Indian to where it's I'm like... i sure it's Hindi. Or yeah, yeah Hindi. Hindi would, or yeah, Sanskrit. Hindi would be the word. The debate rages on. Um, uh, but, but anyway, they figure out that the reason that the, their well has dried up, as it were, and all the children have gone missing is because one of the sacred Sankara stones has been stolen from the village. Indeed, which is very unfortunate. And which, then, uh, so Willie and Indiana Jones, they don't really care. They're like, uh, we want to leave. So they want to get out to go to New Delhi. And the only way they can do that is basically by uh, getting to the to the big palace, the regional government, as it were. So the the the, the village thinks they're the saviors. So they basically, you know, equip them with everything they need: elephants, you know, a whole entourage, and they head out towards the 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 palace, <laughs> uh, the local palace. And then uh, halfway there, or pretty much almost the way there, they see a, a statue from the Thuggy cult. And it basically scares them all away, and they're all like, "What? Were there like fingers on it? I, th- I thought there were like uh, chopped off fingers and ears and stuff." It was, mm-hmm. it was, I will say, a lot more serious and graphic than the first film, which I again had face yeah. melts. So then there's also big bats, and then there's a scene with an owl, and then there's a funny joke where Willie isn't afraid of a snake. Um, all very funny. Like that's why they call it the Jungle Sweetheart slapstick humor uh, between Willie and Doctor Jones and Short Round, and Short Round gets a little tiny elephant. It's very cute. Um, so then they make it to the palace, and they basically meet the the nabobs there, the Indian government, and they are, they get a little more exposition about the thuggy cult and the uh, the child ruler of the regional government there in uh, Ankara, maybe. Ankara? No, that's the capital of Turkey. I'll look into it. Um, I would say one of my things that I really enjoy is how detailed these films go, and this is a credit to Spielberg, who is very clearly a history buff, I would say, based on the movies that he makes, but I just really like, you know, I like, 
I like knowing history, especially in the 20th century, which was very complex, and especially in terms of how India was ruled by the British. And this movie actually goes into more detail on that than it needed to, to be honest, because the British general doesn't show up until the end, right? Like, he didn't show up again until the very end of the movie. But I like that, you know, they, they like, the, the, uh, the, he doesn't call himself prime minister, or no, he does call himself prime minister for the Muhar, uh, Maharaja. He, like, clearly is annoyed at the fact that the British are still there and still yeah. in power because this is years before Gandhi leads the entire uh, independence movement and wins. And the British have been in India for like 100 plus yeah, years. Yeah, they've been point. there for a very long time. And I just like that interaction at dinner because it didn't have to be that. You know, yeah. they, they, nobody, nobody really cares about those people at that point. We're caring about Indiana Jones. We care and about Willie the and cutting Mouse. the snake open and then more snakes come out scene. That was so gross. Okay. This, but is, awesome. this is the grossest of the four of them. So the reason I got you to explain that for us, Jack, is I personally think this plot, the plot for this one is probably the most, con- not confusing, like mm. you can follow. It's just like the most thin, like the not, most not well thought out. Okay. It's still, I can still follow it, but like at some points I'm like, maybe they should explain that a little bit better. I mean, what, what points exactly? Because I have a sort of opposite take on that. I just like the plot as well, just differently. <laughs> Sorry, Jack. I just feel like it's not expl- it's just not explained well. Like, like I know they left because they didn't want to help, but it, I just feel like that's not conveyed well enough. And then the kid runs up and gives him the the piece of paper. Well, yeah, because then he realizes that oh wait, I, I understand fortune and glory. He says, I just feel like it's not, it's not, not that it's not explicit enough, but it's just not. I don't know. It's, I just, it's not thick enough for me. I, my, my complaint is the contrary of that. It's not meaty enough. Uh, is that not not even that? Not even in terms of explanation, but in terms of the fact that it is the thinnest, strictly in the fact that there's not as much going on. There's no mystery. There's no. We've got to discover what the Sankara stones do. You just see it on display. You know, mm-hmm. there's no investigation. I mean, they accidentally, or not not accidentally. Uh, but I mean. They would not have realized what was going on if the prime minister didn't send an assassin in to kill Indiana Jones, right? Exactly. And yeah, so you have the scene where the, the ninja basically uh, yeah. comes in and tries to kill Indiana Jones, and then he kills him with a ceiling fan, which is an unbelievable but very fun scene. Um, do you, the, did you not remember the ceiling fan? You, you looked like you did. I watched it like yes. two days ago. Okay, I, I all right, and then you have this great scene where uh, you have Indiana Jones and Short Round stuck in the 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 building that's so closing gross. in. There's two dead guys in here. About we to be are going to die. I love that line delivery. <laughs> that part was always funny to me. Uh, and I really like the chemistry between uh, between Indiana and Willie. Like, I don't. It's very... <laughs> I, I no, hate it. I it's, very adver- <laughs> it's very adversarial, and I like that. They're like... It's like a buddy cop film almost. I mean, kind of, but she's just so annoying. I think it's believable. Everything's I mean, she's an like issue a, with her. She's like a showgirl. She doesn't... She's, I mean, yeah, I, cut I, out for I this. get that, but like... They're about to die, and she won't touch a lever because there's a bug on it. There were a lot of bugs on it. There were so None of them were many deadly. bugs. Not, not one of those bugs She's were deadly. She's not an entomologist. Bruh. Bruh. Cockroaches Et- aren't deadly. If I threw you in a pool of cockroaches, what's she going to do? I'd get out of it. Oh, we my. are going to, to die. die. That was very funny, though. I like that right, part. And then they see the Kali sacrifice, which is one of the most visceral scenes. That scared scenes the mess an, out of me as a kid. In an 80s movie, when Mola Ram, the guy in the bull hat, that rips a guy's heart out of his chest and then descends him into basically hell. And, his, and then his heart catches on, on fire. And, and shout out to uh, this movie for inspiring the uh, Sarah Connor spontaneous combustion that happens in Terminator 2 because the guy's going down to the mm. fire and then he just... Pfft, 
and implodes essentially. This, which of course that was the creepy scene in the movie later on. In the the Kali Moss really scared me as a kid. Oh yeah, I mean, I will. I did say darkest of the three, and you can see in the background there are like flayed skins. Yeah, on the so, yeah, walls. Yeah, they even look directly at them and keep them in shot for which a is while. Crazy. Yeah. So then in, Indy sees the stones. They just kind of leave them chilling there on the altar, and he goes and tries to get them. And at that point. Indiana gets captured as well as Willie in short round from what, what is with these catacombs always having just like a ledge you can check things out from like it's the same set as because they in, built in, it into a cave okay in pirates when they're watching the the sacrifice on the gold pile it's the same ledge like the it, same that's that okay that's it's also fair. the same ledge from the from the the Petra tomb in the third movie you know that's true. Uh, that one's not as well. That's not one. That was not oh, as good. They, they just did. walk up behind okay. them. But then you like, have the, the scariest scene in cinema history when the guy pops up and scares Willie in short round. <laughs> that one it. Yeah, he goes whoop right right over the rock. That yeah, that was that was. Oh my gosh. The, no, the scene that always freaked me out as a kid was the scene where they force Indiana Jones to drink the uh, like the liquid. That always that always freaked me out when I was like six. I was like the whole plug in the nose thing seemed really gross. And then it All became right. hypnotized for five minutes. And then we have a. Uh, and now that we're captured, we basically, basically the scene in The Last Crusade where we get to the castle and he looks out over the Nazi listening operation, we have the same scene except it's now uh, a child mine being run by the Thuggy cult, uh, basically mining all the diamonds out, uh, important word there, diamonds and other precious metals um, out of the ground using slave labor, presumably. And you see and also Jones being impulsive. He throws the rock at that guy mm-hmm. instead of thinking it through. Yeah. Which yeah, may, that, which sets up for the prequel that I forgot about <laughs> and gets captured. I mean, so uh, then then he sees all the enslaved children and uh, he tries to uh, you know they get they get kidnapped and you figure out that not only are these people using uh, magic to send people to hell and set their hearts on fire, they're also using insane. hypnotism and voodoo voodoo adjacent uh, to control people, including. Uh, the guy with the glasses in the gray suit from the beginning. The prime minister. Yes, and the the Maharaja himself both kind of get entranced. And Indy. Uh, and, yes, yes, and this is the point where they have the ceremony again. For Willie. For Willie, um, when Indiana Jones is presumably sucked in by the magic. And then we don't know exactly at what point he breaks the spell or if he was ever entranced. No, it's 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 just the uh, the torch the causing causing yeah. a spontaneous pain because that's what they do for the Maharaja as well. So they it's very much because then, the, then he winks at short round yeah, exactly. after he burns him. Exactly because because uh short round gets punched by the Maharaja for burning Indy and then Indy turns around and is only in view of the camera. Every other character's turn has their back to him. You can see the look on his face as his expression changes, implying that he's come out of the Boom. Yep. And then uh, so they are they sacrificing Willie for Kali Ma just like a ego Kali. I mean, no, they're they're about to say their entire they're uh, making an example. They're and no, I, I don't think about that. I think it's just a matter of their entire thing implies on sacrifice. If they can afford to do a sacrifice, they will. Just because mm. that's their whole yeah. Gimmick. Willie's not gonna work in the mine. Like fair. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I don't know. I just I feel like this movie to me is just the weakest in terms of. The villains are the least fleshed out, as in we don't really know anything that's going on. It I didn't even know Malaram's name. It doesn't name. help that there that there are no subtitles for when they are speaking in their native language. Not that that would have made it clearer, but it certainly doesn't help that there is. You're just oh, they're just speaking foreign language. This makes sense. I don't think that helps the cause in terms of fleshing out the characters. I just I don't know. It just feels it's the least fleshed out to me. And 
Yeah. Uh, and some of the CGI from the uh, from the escape scene with the train carts. Well, also is I will good. say after they escape, there's obviously they have the big fight on the rope bridge, which is the best. I think it's the best fight scene in any. In it's Jones. very cool. It's yeah. very cool. So you have you have the prison break effectively, where all the kids get freed and run through the palace, and then you have and then in the other direction, that's kind of distracting everybody. And then in the other direction, you have Indy grabbing the stones and hopping on the mine cart. And then Mola Ram tries knocks over that big barrel of water. So you basically have this really kinetic scene with the mine carts. Uh, it's basically a roller coaster ride. It reminds me a lot of the speeder bike chase from Return of a Jedi. Uh, very fun, very fast paced, like literally fast paced. It's a really well shot and edited scene. There's a lot of funny set pieces, um, especially you know just dealing with the other people chasing them in the mine carts. It's also funny that they're in mine carts. Important question, and this is a, a scene that stood out to me. Uh, not not a very big scene in the grand scheme of the movie, but was interesting in terms of looking how the character reacted. So when Indiana Jones is fighting the huge dude, and they're on that cart that's going to the big, basically bulldozer, right? No, no, no. Um, Rock crusher. Yes, yeah. So the guy gets his, um, his like, uh, scarf caught in it so he's being pulled in and he's holding onto a rope and indiana jones grabs the rope as if he's trying to save him do you think that's because again this is the novice indiana jones who does not want to see a guy get flattened even though that guy tried to kill him just yeah, a thought i think so i thought he was trying to save him it, it just started to me where i was like hmm, that's interesting because again then you've got that compares to the raiders where he just pulls out the gun and uh shoots the guy which is hilarious to me well, even then in every big guy fight does he really win no, I mean, no, but does he really like kill them? Kill them? That's true. The big guy fighting raiders, it just he happens to turn around. And yeah, the plane. he didn't mean he didn't mean for that to happen. That's true. That's the one point. in uh, what was what was the one in the last crusade on the what? tank? Yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of life or death. Yeah, yeah so that that's kind of a and one in life or death situation. Came to the crystal skull, he gets eaten by ants. That wasn't really his. Andy's yeah, fault. yeah, definitely not. I don't know. I just think this one is of the three again because I think it is still significantly better than the than King of the Crystal Skull in my opinion. It is just. A week is in terms of fleshing out the, the villains. The My least favorite, so in each of the movies, he is the female co-star. This is my least favorite by far of of all four, which includes Marion showing up again. This is my least favorite there. And I just, it's less adventure. And I get where they were going, and I get a lot of what they did for setting up his character in general, and I like that. But the rest of it, to me, is just a lot weaker, in my opinion. I will say that, yeah, the first and third one have a lot of movement. Like, we're going around, we're treasure hunting, we're going to all these different places, especially in the third one. I mean, you go all over Europe and the Middle East uh, to try and find the Holy Grail and to find his dad and all this stuff. But I, I think this one, it stays in one place, you know. Obviously, you go from Shanghai to, to India, and then once you're in the palace, you're in the caves for the rest of the movie. But I think this has, like, this, the scariest, you know, just mo best set design. Like, the the temple and the mines, they're, like, scary. They're red, they're they're hellish, they're... It's it's such a, it's it's the best set piece. I, I mean, way better than the Well of Souls. Way better than the, the the Temple where the Grail is. I think it's just. Oh, I disagree with that. But that's I mean, I really like that movie. I, I, I have I kind of have issues with the the Temple where the Grail is. But uh oh, I, I, be fun. I do think that I don't know. It, it it feels like it's the most treasure hunty. Like we're in mm. this scary temple with the scary mines. We're it's it's crazy. I, I feel like it's the least. It is it the most action-packed of the three. Uh, true. It, 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 From the jump, it, there's no. All yeah, action. There, there's no. Maybe you can say the the will they or won't they scene right before the ninja. Assassin. I actually like that scene. I like that too. That's why I like the the Willy uh, Indiana dichotomy. But that's pretty much the slowest point in the movie. Is you know whether or not 
they're they're gonna hook up uh tension and then you have the the ninja come through the window and makes it a moot point but other than that you're you're running through caves and getting shot at and falling off bridges and getting eaten by crocodiles for the rest of the movie well i like it anything else you want to say about it it's my favorite i explained why uh I, think I, I understand you made why. A good thesis. I understand why you could think otherwise. Well, short round's my favorite. He becomes an archaeologist in canon. Doctor Jones, seriously, mm-hmm. you call him Doctor Jones. <laughs> NX never <laughs> marks the spot. Oh my gosh! Third time's the charm on that one. Last Crusade. Ooh, can I can I take this one? Looks like yeah. Germany used to claim war say, on the spoil- Jones boys. Spoiler alert: This is my favorite one. Okay. I love probably tied. For I my loved this movie growing up. Nice little I, mix between the three. I, of I, I I really enjoyed. Just I just remember loving this one the most. I thought I always thought this the one's scene the funniest. With, yes, I thought it was the funniest. I always liked the open. I loved the fact that it started with him as uh, a kid. I thought Sean Connery was the perfect casting. That's why I wrote for about. American James Bond. You get James Bond to be his dad. It's and you get I James said he even Bond looks like his dad. And you get James Bond to play the opposite of James Bond. To play the nerdy professor, which I is what he Ford is. I would have been a good James uh, Bond. This was my favorite one as a kid, too. It, and it, it, it's, it, I was wondering if it would hold up, because I haven't seen these movies back-to-back-to-back to back to back in a long time. It's been a while since I've done a marathon, because they weren't on any service, and I didn't own them. So it had been a while, so I was wondering if it would hold up, and watching it, it did. Just a couple of the things that uh, are really my favorite about it is... Um, there's just a lot of one. there's a lot of serious tension with... It, despite it being the funniest, the tension between him and his dad is very palpable and you can see it i think there's a there's the fact that he seems the most joking of the original three in this film but i think it's because he's living like a kid again because he's got his dad with him like remember the times on the bike that when they're escaping and he's laughing and he looks at his dad and he's hoping that his dad would be enjoying it and then he just um he just you know he just isn't and he just the the look on his face is just complete sadness at the fact that his dad is not clearly having as much fun with it as um he was, and then his dad, and then uh, Henry Jones, which is, I'll, I'll call him that, Henry Jones says to Indiana when they're on the blimp, you left just when you became interesting, which is such a robotic thing to say, and is terrible. Like, he's he might be one of the worst dads, at least in terms of, I but mean. he still loves them. No, he's, and again, he's got some issues, as you mentioned, with his wife uh, tragically passing away. They hinted that as well, but like, that is, that is like a very sad thing to say. You left just when you became interesting, as if the, it's the kid's job for that. I just really enjoyed all of that and the tension. And I will say, my favorite of the female uh, co-stars of all three of the movies. I think this is the most complex of the three. That is the least damsel in distress of the three. That's fair. Because she's not necessarily a damsel. Not to mention the scene when they talk at uh, the burning of the books in Nazi Germany where she says, is this really what you think of me? And she looks heartbroken at the thought because it makes sense. It makes sense to me that she would because... As, and as she says, I she she wanted the Grail. She has nothing to do with Germany. It it takes um, what is it? Belloc from the first film and ups it to a twenty on the treasure hunter who just uses the means they can find, really, in in that extent, and was sort That's of just fair. stuck up in that society. I really liked Elsa from this movie because there's a lot more complexity there than the first two. I know Marion's the classic, but Marion to me plays the damsel role. Like she's the really cool, interesting where she does the drinking with that guy, which is hilarious. But the rest is kind of a. Indiana Jones has to go save Marion because Marion's been captured. Which, that's not a bad thing. It's not saying it plays into the trope too badly. It doesn't. But I like this one the best because of that. And I just like sort of that re- relationship between the two. Um, 
Yeah, I just I also really like the action. I like the whole tank desert scene. That's, in my opinion, the biggest. It's not necessarily mm-hmm. the best action set piece, but it's very much the biggest, in my opinion, in terms of all that it... Yeah. And there's there's a lot of action in this movie, despite the fact that it does have a lot more travel, you know. They go on the blimp, and there's two minutes of slow before they have to get in a plane and fight another guy as Henry shoots out the tail of the well, plane. Well, son, they got us. They got us. Yeah, so a couple pl- uh, scenes I want to bring up is the castle, first of all, where you first meet up with uh, with uh, Henry and Henry meet up, finally. Uh, you have the funny detail of, of the, the fake vase. I think it, it really shows what kind of it, – it's a show-don't-tell moment with that shows Henry's character, um, and then – that they're not so different, uh, despite being adversarial, and then uh, the whole escape from the castle. You have the the fire scene and the the spinning fireplace scene, and then you, you know, and it it, it plays. It's, it's like a, it's like a it's very whimsical as a kid. You know, you have the it, it it's one of those moments where you have a hard time distinguishing it from the Lego game. What happens? You know, you got the the rocking chair that opens up the secret. Yep. Uh, and then you have them release the boat, and then you have a really awesome motorcycle chase scene. So I mean, it, it's fun. I really like that. And then the Zeppelin scene was always one of my favorites, just because it's it's fun. You you have the the great joke of Indiana Jones punching out the the general and saying no ticket. Yeah, it's a good one. And, and then, then, then every, they all get their tickets. That was so funny. Uh, you know, you know, I always thought that should have been in German, uh, but it's it's fine. Well, yeah. what would it have been? Kind Farakarta. There you go. Um, but of course, but I used to take German. And then uh, you have the you have the conversation on that. That's like the formative father son relationship yep. on the Zeppelin. And then that immediately gets interrupted by the tension right back into it. You know, we're turning around. They're taking us back to Germany. Interesting fun fact you might not know about the Zeppelin scene is that it was supposed to be a little more action packed. Um, when they're in the uh, you know what was it the terminal Flughafen. There you uh, go. Whatever. Boom. Um, that you see a like a World War One foppish looking general type guy uh, checking in his ticket, and he was originally supposed to be kind of a mini boss. They would fight oh. on the Zeppelin, so he, he has a big fur coat and a and a scarf and a and a peaked cap, and so he was cut out of the the final cut. But there was supposed to be even more action on on mm. the Zeppelin as he kind of it was kind of a like a train robbery type mystery. I'm kind of glad there weren't, there wasn't actually, in my opinion. I like that low moment. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think the Zeppelin scene is is pretty great. You have a, a lull, like a false sense of security, and then it, it, it all of a sudden it it's right back into it. Like we got to figure a way out of this. Yeah. This uh, and then you have the uh the great plane scene, the hilarious line that aged very well about not knowing how to land a plane, <laughs> and then you have the. You know, we, the, the chase is on uh, all the way through the Middle East. It's as, awesome. As you have, you know, the the two planes get destroyed in funny ways um, and the car chase. Also, a little, little bit of a callback. In Temple of Doom, of course, he says he can't fly. This one, he says he somewhat knows how to fly. But he can't land. So I, I think I think that's a funny callback to the fact that either he's one grown or the fact that he flew a plane once makes him think he can fly it again, but he still hasn't landed one yet. I just always thought that was Do you was think funny. Harrison Ford ad-libbed that? Because it's true. But that, he can fly, but he can't land. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um. Maybe. Who knows? Well, look. Here's point. the thing. So I'm just gonna ask it right here. Wait. Let me look at my notes real quick. But uh, so what do y'all? So Jack said it. Already alluded to it, and you have too. What do you think of the set piece of, I guess Petra's where they are. That's not what it's called. That's what it actually is with the uh, 
but where that they go to get the grail. The grail temple. Yeah, the grail temple. It. What do you think of that, in, just kind of that area in general? They shoot Sean Connery, obviously. D- is it because you have a specific opinion on it? I just want to get y'all's oh. opinion because that's a big, that's like the big set piece of it. And I genuinely, I think it's really cool. You get to see Indy use intuition a lot. He goes off the hints that his dad's a crew the whole time and his dad's over there on the ground shot. And it's a race for time, obviously. I th- I, I really like it. And I do too. They're kind of working together, but not really, obviously. I like it. I like the seal. I like the fact that the detail of it. I like the fact that it's dilapidated. It is, I mean, the if this is from the First Crusade, which is what it's implied, that is over a thousand years prior. I think it's 700. What, really? 700 years. I, I, I thought, I thought I, my bad, that, that's on me, but that's still. That's what the knight says, that he's okay. been kept alive. Right, 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 right. He, he, they, they did say that was 700 years ago. That's, that's my mistake. Um, that's okay. But it's okay, Alex. I would like I like how it's sort of starting to decay a bit. But all the grail pieces are as is the night is uh, perfect. I just thought it was really cool. I thought you know it wasn't supposed to be as monstrous and terrifying as the Temple of Doom uh, set for, as as we made the comparison earlier. But I think it fits its purpose. I it, think, yeah, it was I think, made by three knights. I think it looks cool. I think it's like the lions are cool. I I, I just the the puzzles is the thing I have an issue with. I don't I I don't see that as like. It does. It seems very out of place, and it seems like it's a parody of it. Like we already had the funny X marks the spot moment, so I, it seems like almost like a video game. It's 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 weird. It seems out of place. As a kid, I thought it was really interesting, but I don't know if I like that detail as it holds up today. I don't see why the knights, if they were, I mean, going back to the one of the great lines of the film, I think, is going back to to the brotherhood trying to protect the the grail he asks him when he tells him where his dad is ask if you're doing it for his glory or your own which i think is like the line from the film uh based on you know why the nazis are doing it based on why the jones boys are doing it and i i just i see it as kind of contradictory to kind of the holy message they're going for uh and it just seems like there would be a more maybe like pious test of faith to access the grail temple than rather just like well you have to know how to spell jehovah well, I think I think um, that that's a fair point. It technically is. You could argue is a pious test of faith in the fact that you've got to know your stuff. But even then, that's a fair point. It is mm-hmm. very puzzly. But I think it was they wanted to avoid. You know, they wanted to add more attention. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how rail. else would they do it. It makes for cool visuals. I think they did it well. I just I don't know if I completely agree with the decision to make the the path to the Grail as it were. You know. And what were the full three tests again? It was the it was, it was the, the kneel for the blades, kneel before God. Oh, and then spell, God, and then God, and then you have to walk a God's leap true of name faith. and leap of faith right. on the lion's head. That's fair. I think I think it was it. It would make sense for as it was guarded by these three brothers, them to make up something. Mm-hmm. But that that's a fair point. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't I just know what enjoy else, the adventure part. I don't of it. know what else they would do, and it's yeah. fun. It's along for the ride. But I don't know. It kind of feels like George Lucas was. Writing that with the Lego game in mind. Rather That's than true. Making George, a cool George movie. Lewis does have a significant influence on this, despite the fact that Spielberg is directing. That brings okay. me to the point. Here's here's the question: Do we think that Elsa gave him the wrong cup on purpose? Yes. Yeah, she definitely did. Hundred percent. I feel like that was because pretty... the second the second um, Indiana says which one would it be, and she said it wouldn't be a, it wouldn't be one of those that are gold. Mm. And then he says that looks like a carpenter's cup, which is a cool line. I but I, I she I was trying like, to redeem herself. I will say uh, two things about this. One, this is my favorite score from all three movies. The scene that plays, uh, that it almost sounds like Greensleeves, but it's not Greensleeves. Greensleeves is not written by John Williams, obviously. 
Um, Obviously. Because it's like a million years old. Anyway, that like the score that plays whenever they discuss the Grail and when the knight shows up is, in my opinion, Williams' best of the four movies. I also like the fact that the knight is in blue light the whole time as if he is some ancient being. I, I just thought that was cool. It makes it stand out. gives it some unique feel to it. And again, I like Elsa and I like Donovan. I think they're uh, very complex. I think the, you know... The fact that you really believe Donovan, like the way this movie sets up, I mean, do you not go into it thinking, oh, Donovan's going to be the guy that meets Indiana at the end of the movie and says, congratulations, because that's the way they set it up. They really make you think who's going to be the bad guy this movie. And then it all sort of comes apart with, you know, and I like that misdirection and I like the way that it sets everything up. And I, I like the ending and I like um, the fact that this sort of brings the full circle, don't want the treasure thing yet again, but he needs to hear it from his dad. He needs to get that sort of acceptance and his dad calling by his name and everything. But yeah, I just, I just really enjoy it. I think it's fun. I really like the cast. I think I like that Sala and Marcus Brody returned. I, I They were great. I think they the, got bigger roles. The so joke with them. Marcus early in the news, like, you'll never find him. He, he's that was in a hundred languages. Hello, does anybody speak English here? That one and the, the no camels joke is fun. Yeah. Like, I count five camels. Can you count? It's good, like it's good to have them back. It, it, yeah, it's like the, it's like the gang gets back together for one more romp, and then you even have the ride off into the sunset for the yeah, credits. Yeah, definitely. I just I, I really just enjoyed it. I think it's very fun, and I also think I also think when it goes to the serious and uh, intense moments, it does it just as well, if not better. I like the dynamic. That's the one thing that the difference between this one and Raiders for me is I just like the characters a lot better. In Raiders, I did not really buy into the villains as much, and Marion, again, was not as great as I remembered her being, to be honest. This one, I liked everybody involved. I thought Elsa intentionally giving Donovan the wrong cup, which I think was very clear upon this watch, and seeing you know, her sort of look at him and hope that she he picks the wrong one. And then, of course, I like Donovan's own. The fact that he, he much like Belloc, doesn't even care about the Nazi. He just wants immortality. He doesn't care what happens. He, he'll outlive them. I thought that was just yeah. Again, I a lot a lot that I like about this. All right, movie. so rank the guys? original trilogy. Well, can we talk about the well, yeah, yeah. the Rivers Phoenix scene first? Yeah, no, that's oh beginning, yeah, beginning of the movie. But how do we feel? I I think I have I have a point I want to bring up with this, but I'll bring it up it at the end. So I was very surprised to see his name on the castles. I'd forgotten. That, I liked uh, it, even though I think I know what you're gonna your point is gonna be. So I'll let you. I'll let you, I'm I, not gonna steal your thunder. Is it gonna be at, at the like the end of the show or like? No, no, no. no I'm just saying. That the my issue with the the beginning little diegetic we have of of young Indiana Jones, yes, it, it sets up a good relationship between him and his father um, that we we've never even heard anything about. Yeah, um, of course we also learn at the end of this movie that his he's he's named Henry. His, Indiana's the dog's name, um, which is a good joke. <laughs> um, I but, love that dog. But uh, while while the scene is awesome, and you know I love trains, but uh, you do have the issue of. You know, everything we know about Indiana Jones kind of gets established in like a 20-minute period. He learns how to use his whip, he becomes afraid of snakes, he and he becomes a treasure hunter, and he gets his hat all in like an afternoon. Which is this, you know, this, the Solo problem, where everything we learn about Han Solo happens in the movie Solo. I don't have anybody. Solo. Chewbacca, that, my best friend, my ship, all in one week. That's a good point. I think, I don't know. I, I, I like the scene. I'm glad it happened, but I didn't need the whole... I learned how to use a whip. Like I didn't. I didn't call. I was like, okay, he's he's in. But Jones. did you like how the whip caused the scar on Harrison Ford's chin? I didn't realize he had a scar until that movie. As much I, I forgot either. I yeah, think, I think they must have been putting makeup on it for the other ones. That's a possibility. So I don't. I didn't notice it in the others. 
I don't know. I I am regularly critical of those types of scenes. Like there's the scene in uh, Pirates of the Caribbean that parallels this significantly in the fifth film, and it's terrible. Oh, uh, I've we'll, seen that one. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. It's it's bad. Like really bad. Worse than this one, to be honest. I don't have a problem with this because I think it it is less happy-go-lucky this stuff lands in his lap and more he was always looking to be this. This was just his opportunity, I think. Like, you know, he wanted to be the adventurer, and it just... I, I do disagree, though, in the fact that I think he shouldn't have gotten the hat from the guy. Mm-hmm. The hat was too much. If it was just the whip, I would have been perfectly fine. That's What, a, what the about kind of, the afraid of snakes? Um. Well, he says it's just a snake earlier, so how does it How does it start? Oh, is it because he it lands fall, in he that... He falls in the big... Falls into falls, and the, the yeah. pit, like, triggers... The, okay, I like that. You have you have the, it's just a snake, and then 45 minutes later, falling into the pit of snakes. You know, it's it's a bit of... It's a bit set him up, knock him down for me, but that's okay. Yeah. That, I, you get one. That, that yeah, that's fair. I, I that's. I also I I like the dichotomy of this guy that uh, gives him the hat. The the Indiana Jones stand-in is kind of if you allude to my theory of he becomes Indiana Jones in Temple of Doom. This is what Indiana Jones could have been. You know, kind of just a for-profit grave robber. And this is what he this is what he became up until the point of Temple of Doom, as we're supposed to in, mm-hmm. infer. So he gets back to his roots of you know. It belongs to right. It rightfully belongs to Coronado. Belongs in a museum. All that good stuff. He gets kind of sucked into the the glitz and glamour of the treasure hunting world, as we see at the beginning of Temple of Doom, and then by the end, and then I think you can kind of see it as a tandem with reuniting with his father. It's a it's a good uh, it's a good character development. Yeah. I don't think he grows as much in this one. Obviously, he grows from the Utah scene to the present day because it's you know it's thirty years apart, but. <laughs> I think uh, it, it's a good scene. I think it, I think he grows in his relationship with his father, and that is it's more about that because Raiders just, and Temple of Doom are supposed to be like, all right, this is who we are now, but now this is sort of him trying to deal with that and him trying to come to terms with everything that happened. And I, that, that I like. I, I'm a sucker for those kind of relationships that get solved in movies. I always like those kind of dynamics. Shall we rank? Or do we wait? To, are we, are no, no, we gonna, rank your first three. But we're going to rank them again. Oh, wait. Unless, no, we're not. Oh. We all know that this is the least favorite one. <laughs> okay, fair. Is, yeah. is Kane with the Crystal Skull in your top three? Not at is all. Is Kane with the Crystal Skull in your co- top three? It won't three? be in my top five. Mine either. It won't be my top four okay. when they release the fifth rank one. Rank the first three. All right. Uh, Out so Jack first. He's he called a guest. his shot. All right. first. Um, all right. I think, mm, let's see. Mm, this might even be my, this might be the inverse of what I used to think uh, from 10 years ago. Mm. But I will say Crusade is my third favorite. Uh, while I really enjoy it, and it is a, it, it might be my most fun to watch, um, it, mm. but I, I do think it is the, my least favorite out of the three. You know, it's like Return of a Jedi. You know, it's, it's great, but it has, it has some, some growing pains. Uh, Raiders is my second, and of course, Temple of Doom is my first. I hope I made it clear why I enjoy Temple of Doom the best during my segment. Very clear. But uh, that is, that is my ranking. Although. I I will say while Temple of Doom is my favorite, if I'm gonna have to like pick one to watch, I might not I might not be I might not throw that one on. You know, it is the darkest. It might be more fun to just like sit down and have a laugh with with Crusade because it is the silliest. It is the silliest. Alex, uh, I'm gonna go with Temple of Doom, my third spot. And again, I'm gonna say this: I like all three of these movies a lot. Like they're all very very good. It's just when it comes down to picking three from three really good movies, in my opinion, Raiders at my second, and then The Last Crusade. At my top spot, just the cast and Sean Connery, and I just really, really enjoy that movie. Okay, so obviously mine's going to be different. I think we wow. just listened to the episode. I'm pretty sure you can yeah. figure out ours yeah. pretty easily. Uh, I will say this is probably my favorite trilogy of all time. 
Wow. To be honest, I just love when I was a kid. I wanted to be an archaeologist because of this, but like a like like an Indiana Jones archaeologist. Yeah, not 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 real. not real archaeologist. In a perfect world, I'd be that now. Yeah. I'd be like Indiana Jones, but that does not exist, yeah. unfortunately. Uncharted. That's why I, pl- I love Uncharted I, too. But as well, I mean, Davis but, is trying to build interest for a future Uncharted episode. Is what's happening hmm. right now. Oh Lord. Anyway, you're okay, right. So Temple of Doom is my least favorite, even though I still really really enjoy it. Again, yeah, it's awesome. I just have issues with the plot. Uh, Last Crusade is my second favorite, but it's pretty close to my first favorite, Raiders. There's not that much of a gap between any of them. Like, the gap between Temple of Doom to Raiders of the Lost Ark isn't that big. Yeah. I, I, I really enjoy all three of them. And now, into our collective last spot on all of them. Which is going to be quite an interesting discussion. The 2008 movie. 2008, right? Yes. That's correct. Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, starring Harrison Ford. Shia LaBeouf. Kate Blanchett? Yes. That's correct. Yeah, so Indiana Jones and the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull came out on May 22nd, 2008, directed by Steven Spielberg, screenwritten by David Kep, story by George Lucas and Jeff Nathanson, and produced by Frank Marshall, who produced Raiders. This is the one I have the most notes on. This is the one I have the least on because I... I, just, I have a lot of issues with it, so I was taking yeah. a lot of notes. You, you, if Davis, if you want to go ahead and, and take the random, I will say one thing. It's important to note. This is something I was reading up. Lawrence Kasdan, the writer of, uh, most famously, ri- the writer of Empire Strikes Back, wrote Raiders and did not return to the series after the fact. So just an interesting point about why a lot of people love that one the most. It is, in fact, written by the guy who wrote the more unanimously loved Star Wars movie. Empire Strikes Back, I would say. Anyway, go on, Davis. All right, so here it is. I'm just going to start out with it. The opening, I like it. I like about, I'd say about the first quarter to half of the movie, but at some point in there, I'm not exactly sure when it just falls apart. (laughs) Yep. It really, like. I think I know when. From the warehouse, and my, my, my guess is maybe the jungle driving scene. It might even be before that, but that's really, because we'll get to it, but that's where, like, yeah, uh, I've seen Indiana Jones again. It's awesome. He gets thrown out. His hat falls on the ground. Picks it up. Puts it back on. Yeah, again, awesome. I, I like that all four movies have the he. You don't see his face until it. You know, it doesn't jump. I, I just always like that detail. It's cool. And Paramount Mountain showed up again, but probably in its weakest form to a CGI capybara. What not capybara? Whatever it was. It also sets up that he Prairie was a dog. spy yeah. during World War II. He was part of the OSS. Oh yeah, I like that. I thought it was pretty interesting. I just like I said, I like the first half. I don't. Uh, the second half just sucks. It's bad. It 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 does not stick the landing like the previous movies have. I would say all three movies, Temple of Doom, Last Crusade, Raiders of the Lost Ark, all had great intros and were able to use exposition and carry into the second major part of the film and the third final act if you say they all have three acts, right? And it's just not it it, it doesn't stick the landing at all for me. And even then, if I if I may go off on a little tangent for a moment, the opening scene is a scene that I like. I like the scene at the warehouse. And I, I even I like this, and I have multiple things I have wrong with it to begin with. Um, there's, it's just I don't like the fact that this movie relies on something that appears in the previous movies is the ooh random guy we haven't seen on screen is best friends with Indiana Jones. Temple of Doom does that with uh, his friend at the uh, club that gets shot. He dies immediately, and it's fine. This movie. You're relying on that to believe he's like the guy's best friend, instead of bringing back someone like Sala and turning him bad, which would have made sense to me. Okay, I would have liked that. Well, the point is, it's a friend who turns bad regardless. 
We just like Salah because we know Salah. But the point is, we're supposed to feel something for this guy whose name I oh Mac, I forgot his name already. Um, He's Australian. Yeah, like we're supposed to feel bad for this guy who he we have no connection with. We're supposed to believe this exhibition of that time we spied on the on the Reds. I do like the line where he says, "I'm a capitalist and they pay." That was funny. I thought. Um, but I just, it just really, I did not buy that. And then additionally, the idea that there's a magnet in the warehouse that is so strong that it's it can pull gunpowder. No, it, it can pull gunpowder, but it pulls nothing else. And additionally, once, I don't mind that. that once much. they learn the magnet thing, why wouldn't they kill him? Because then they just keep throwing, they just keep doing it. They try him. to kill him. No, like, no, like they kill him immediately. Mm. Like, ooh, it wait. It would have worked anyway. He would have gotten out of it. What? But look, here's the thing. So. After the opening thing, there's the most contentious part, one of the most contentious part of the movie is the nuke scene when he's trying to get away from the Russians. I know that I don't mind it. I think it's kind of fun. Eat your popcorn. Watch the movie. Who, oh, the opener? The nuke scene. Oh, yeah. Scene. Yeah, yeah, same. I don't mind it. A lot of people say it's Jump the Shark, and I'm like, this is Indiana Jones. The arc melted people's faces. There's You're some gonna real say- tension, though. Like, it's scary yeah. when you figure out, like, you think, oh, he's, he's found it. He found t-. like you're right there in it with him. Yeah, I love that. It was it's it's fun. It is fun. And I, it's scary when like what what would you do if a nuclear bomb was about to go off? I'd probably get in a fridge. Like, now it's, it's in Indiana Jones. Like it's terrifying. With lead lining. Don't forget the best. That is pretty funny. <laughs> Frame it up. Um. Yeah. So I mean, I yeah. I I'll I'll uh parrot what uh what Davis has said. I like the beginning. I really enjoy the opening. Cold open. Up uh, save for the the Groundhog Hill. That's dumb. Um, but I like I like how the you know the the 1950s kids are like messing with the U.S. Army soldiers, and it's like yeah. you don't really get the significance of that scene until they you figure out that they're Soviets. You know, yeah, it's like that, it's, that scene like recontextualize. You have to go think about everything you just saw in a new light because of what you just saw. And, and it's it, a great. Jo- oh, sorry. I yeah, I mean that's really all I have to say is that I like. That I, I obviously I love the the warehouse scene. It's fun. It's silly. It's kinetic. It uh, there, there's like trucks crashing through boxes and swords flying through the air. Yeah. It's great. Um, I would say the kids me- uh, messing with them is also great to set up. You know, hey, by the way, we're not in the 1930s anymore. Yeah, nice, I, simple, effective setting up the se- or setting the scene, letting us know, yeah. hey, we're in a different era. 19, I like that. 1957 is our year. Exactly. So yeah, um, I don't know. I just. I, I, I again I mentioned Sala and when Sala was approached for a minor role at the end of the film and the actor John Reese Davis said uh no. He it's said I he said he thinks he should have a bigger role. Yeah, he was gonna be at the wedding at the end of the movie. Just just to show up. And I'm like uh, That would have been kinda cool. Actually. No, but I mean I, I legitimately I get for the way they take Max's character, it should have been Sala. Because you're buying it off of nothing other than they're supposed to know each other. I don't other. think Sala would like portray him though. I don't either, but the point is, you don't have any options to run this storyline and make it an intrinsic part of the film, and that's what they do. Up to the end of the movie, where he's like, I'll be alright, buddy. It's like, who is this buddy? We don't know you! You've been here and you've been a bad guy for three-fourths of the movie. I just like that. I've always disliked when movies do that, and they say, oh, our best stuff happened off-screen. I, I hate when movies do that, and this happened again. So the next biggest thing everybody had an issue with is Shia LaBeouf playing his son that they find out that they're that he's his son later on in the movie it's just a lot of people just had i didn't i didn't mind him for the most part i don't i know they were trying to set him up to be like the next indiana in a way yeah. i don't think he's cool enough to be the next harrison ford indiana obviously he can be well obviously we can tell that now based on how his careers went yeah uh he was okay in transformers but not near he's not he's he's not suave enough he's not cool enough he's not 
brolic enough to be Indiana Jones, and I'm glad they didn't go through with that. Yeah. But I don't mind him for the most part. It's the 50s. He's a greaser. He looks like that. But he did swing with monkeys, which was weird. It was a choice. He also, like, repeatedly got his nuts hit by branches. That was weird. In a joke that I think was supposed to be funny but wasn't. If you were a kid, you'd probably love it. It also really overstayed its welcome. <laughs> like, it kept happening. Um, I will say, I think the point where I'm out on the movie is is the is the chase scene. Uh, I can I can say that, you know, the set pieces are super cool, but the I think a great phrase doesn't stick the landing. I think when they're in Peru and they're in like the temple and it's nighttime and there's leaves blowing and the wind's howling and it's really scary. That's like a terrifying set piece, like Temple of Doom level weird. Yeah, especially with the people running around with the skeleton heads. Doesn't stick the landing. Uh, not that scary when the guy gets hit with a shovel or whatever. Um, and then you have him doing like ninja flips in the background. It's kind of on the nose, kind of weird. Um, the chase scene through uh, where the college is. I'm not sure. the. I liked that. I'm not sure if, if we're supposed to know where exactly that is. But in New England, America, um, you have Harvard. It, no, like. it's, 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 it's a fictional college. I feel like it was supposed to be Harvard in like a way, like a, like a fake Harvard. I know it was, it was. It's Marshall College. I know it was filmed in New Haven, Connecticut. So it could be Yale. Uh, that's where New Haven is. Fair. Uh, so, but the scene, you know, it's very Back to the Future, uh, silly fifties. Like the fifties weren't like this. This is like the Happy Days version of the fifties. Yeah. But I like that. You know, the sock hop, the 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 scene in the in the diner where where the two like the the jocks all like shuffle up <laughs> and do their and then the greasers do the same thing and they shuffle up. That's, funny. that's great. And then there's like you know a bottle drops and then it erupts into chaos. And then you have you know, the great scene, a motorcycle scene, chasing through the streets. You got the Doc Hudson-looking cars. It's it's great. Um, and then you have, like, all these cool set pieces, and then you, you go down. I mean, I'm also having a hard time following the story. Yeah, I don't I don't even remember why they were chasing him. It's about, it's but, about as convoluted. I mean, it's the most convoluted by a mile. Well, I don't even know. Knife to a gunfight. Yeah, it was the case. It, was, it was the CIA agents. They didn't. Oh yeah, they didn't want us working with the Russians. But yeah, because remember they uh, don't they they suspend uh, Indiana Jones from school or not? Suspend yeah, him. yeah. They like put him on leave because of that, and then it's just more. So then they go to South America, and you have you know Indiana Jones just like just basically like reading an audio book out to Mutt about why they're chasing this Spanish guy, and then they open his head and it falls apart, and then the skulls then, there. I will say uh, the Lego sets for this movie were very cool. Uh, that big Russian robot that cuts through the trees is yeah. awesome. Um, the amphibious car is cool, um, but at that at this point, I'm kind of out on the movie. As soon as as soon as the they show up in the in the in the Peruvians show up and they go to the Amazon, the Peru scenes are okay. It's kind of treasure hunty. It looks cool. But uh, once they go to the Amazon, I'm 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 punched yeah. out on this one. Folks. The, 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 this movie and this series, much like George Lucas so loves to do, it's like poetry. It rhymes. They're all very similar. The problem is this movie does everything the other movies did, just worse. I think the cast is worse. I think the villains are worse. I think, you know, Indiana Jones himself, Indiana Jones himself is at his worst in this movie. Like I like old Indiana Jones in this. I like him too, except I think he's reduced to more comedy and more, ah, look at this old man who can't do what he used to do uh, anymore. Yes. What? Um, you got a strong opinion on that? How do we feel about the ants? I don't mind it. B- bad CGI in general, but the movie has bad CGI throughout, so there's I mean, no like, thing the movie's crazy. It was just like a run of the mill at that, that point. I think the ants are about the, the end. 
of like the last redeemable thing before we. Oh get yeah, yeah, yeah. I was crazy. already out of it by then. I, yeah, it's a like, crazy town. This movie made a mistake that a lot of movies in the 2000s made, where they're like, mm, "Yes, CGI has improved mildly. Let's rely on it incredibly," and then it just ends very poorly because I think CGI is bad. I mean, it ages very poorly. Parts of the Caribbean three came out a year before this, and it looks better than this movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they get to the temple, and there's really no payoff. Like, yeah. they return the crystal skull, I guess. Uh, the aliens show up. Interdimensional yeah, aliens. Yeah, oh, so J- Sp- Steven Spielberg did not want to do this movie because he thought he had done too many alien movies. He did War of the Worlds in 2005, his most recent one. And George Lucas was like, well, no, it's uh, interdimensional beings. And then Spielberg's like, gotcha. And then he goes and does it. And I'm like, well, how is that? They're friends. And of course they look like aliens. They look the the point is it's supposed to be like a Lucas wanted to be a love letter to the sci-fi aliens 50s movies. Well, look, here's my Which thing. Which it is, but it's bad. My biggest issue with this movie is the artifact. I don't like the crystal skull. The crystal skulls are hoaxes anyway. I mean, I guess you could still be like you could still make a movie about it, but I just I don't know. I don't Okay, I I I'm, I don't mean I, I think, to I don't mean to get critical against that argument, but I'm not sure if you can say ah it's a hoax, can't make a movie about it. I, like, I, the Ark I of the just, Covenant I, isn't. I just acknowledge that you I can't. That's not a good okay. argument on my part. I just okay. Right. But part of it is the mysteriousness around the Ark of the Covenant, maybe being real, maybe out there. Uh, the Sankara stones are those based in reality at all? Don't know. There's a lot of there's a lot of Indian mythology. So I'll it, say it out. not important. I mean, like, to, to me, it just, it, I don't know, it bothers me. But also, they could have done so many cooler things than a crystal skull. For instance, the nuclear reactor in France. That was weird. I was reading, an artic- I was reading like, an article. That was a weird one. Wait, what? It uh, was, like... So- it was, like, top ten treasures yeah. that Indiana Jones could look for in the next movie, and one of them was, like, a nuclear reactor in France. I, I'm sure that's at the top. Was like two billion, it belongs in a museum. Two billion years ago, like, uranium had been mined or something, even though it was probably just natural, whatever. All right, my final thought on this film, I, I, I thought about, the like, the no payoff. Like, they don't get away with any treasure. They never do, really. Well, they, they get it. That's kind of Indiana Jones' thing. Okay, uh, fair enough, but they don't even, like, they have the crystal skull the whole time. That's fair. Like it's not like the Grail where they just get it at the end and lose it because they realize you know love's more. Even important. the Ark, they technically get it. Yeah, they get the it, payoff, and then yeah. they realize you know the real the real treasures the friends we made all along the way or whatever. <sighs> but the point I think what they were going for as kind of like a bookend to the series is that you see that the aliens were also have artifacts from other civilizations, and you realize that the aliens were not so different from them. They were also archaeologists. I mean, they just kind of stare at this flying saucer and realize, well, I guess this is a, the real treasure is the knowledge. And I think that's what they're going for is a way to end the series like that. Didn't buy it. Yeah. Don't like it. Show me the treasure. Also, um, I just want to I just want to uh, hate on this movie once more, and this is just because I focus on this because I think it's stupid. Uh, Mac falling down and then just sitting there while the entire world collapsed around him for upwards of a minute and a half, and then saying, I'll be okay, and then just falls away and dies. Stupidest thing I think I've ever seen. In the, like, No, it. I always hate that trope, and I'm annoyed that this movie, and, th- and like in this series, directed by Spielberg, would fall into that trope of, guy falls down, oh no, I can't get up. This ain't a life alert commercial. I don't... Just imagine what you could have had. Fountain of Youth, Garden of Eden, Excalibur, Atlantis, any of those would have been cooler to me. 
I, again, yeah. I, I, again, that's the thing is, I think, of I think, I think, Davis, you're you're completely right in the fact that this builds into what I, I already what I said that. is that's the not, fact that's not hidden. That Jimmy, Jimmy Hoffa's body is the fact that, that, that been a good this movie does everything the other movies did. It just does it so much worse from even again what they're going after. The journey to get that, the cast, the relationship that Indiana Jones has with the people around him, Magellan's hat. What? Hmm. No. I just, I, I, I really, th- man, it's just Question bad. Columbus's shoes. Hitler's, so, can- Hitler's canoe. Right before we end this off, which again, this is our, our least favorite, the three of us, yes. right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen it in probably 10 years. It was about what I remember. I remember the, the beginning being fun and the ending being bad. Just, I mean, not, not like, like I said, like not worth talking about. Yeah. Like there's, re- uh, there's no tension. There's no excitement. It's kind of just like worse national treasure. And by worse, I mean a lot worse. Because the national treasure is okay. awesome. No. Serviceable. It is okay. It has that, 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 that's true. I just grew up with those, and I love those history I like movies, them, too. So, I love them. I, yeah. I throw them on. They're like, they're like pirates. They're, they're on, on level with pirates, in my opinion. Hmm. I don't know about that. Um, anyway. On, on, in terms of enjoyment. We will have so many podcasts to, to discuss all this. It's going to be very exciting. Um, we'll teaser for you. For, yeah. For, but but lastly, before we wrap up the show, would you guys want to talk a, briefly about Indiana Jones Five Untitled? Um, we kind of mentioned it at the beginning of the well, show. I mean, yeah, we don't like, really know much like, about I, like, it. As far you... as the cast, I know oh, we yeah. have we have Antonio Banderas, Phoebe Waller Bridges, oh? and Mads Mikkelsen all oh. ready to be. As well as I know you guys are more movie people than me, so some names I don't recognize. Uh, Thomas Kretschmann. Nope. Boyd Holbrook. Nope. Seanette Renee Wilson. Nope. Toby Jones. Toby Jones sounds familiar. Toby Jones, uh, he is in. Oh, I, oh, he's um, he's an example. Is he's the he's the scientist from Captain America that then yeah. shows the beginning Captain America. Agent Carter. Yes, and and that too. Okay, so I like him. I like Antonio Banderas. I like Matt Mickelson. I'm excited. I am too. Again, though, as we've seen earlier, it depends on the story. They had Kate Blanchett at that at their disposal. Who? Is a really great actress, in my opinion. And we, we do Thomas know, Kretschmann's in The Pianist. Oh, really? If you haven't seen. We do know that John Williams will be scoring it. Um, Fadon Papa Michael will be the cinematographer, uh, distributed by Walt Disney and Lucasfilm, of course. And then once again, it will be directed by James Mangold. Uh, screenwriters: James Mangold, Jez Butterworth, and John Henry Butterworth. And then the producers. A all-star cast of Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy, Simon Emanuel, and Steven Spielberg. Oh, so Boyd Holbrook, by the way, um, was the uh, sort of right-hand man with the robot arm in uh, Logan. So okay. he, he and, and he was really great in that. So it makes sense that Mangold would cast him again. I know you love Mangold because you love Logan. I yeah. know Davis loves Mangold because he loves Ford versus Ferrari. That's a good movie. Ma- Mangold is is awesome. really one of the ri- rising star directors in Hollywood at this moment. I mean, so, Ford vs. Ferrari was excellent. I think they've got the best director in charge of this right now. He's so, great. yeah. A- a- as with all movies, I do not hope that it fails, but and I don't hope that it's bad. I would like to be pleasantly surprised. I don't have high hopes for it, but much like the Mario movie, I think there's enough talent to where, even if they don't try too hard, they can make a good product. I, I mean, again, you're just trying to beat... Uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which I think they can do. I think they've got the cast to do that, and I think they've got the director to do that as well. Fair enough. I, re- I really think... But then again, we don't know anything about it, and I'm sure a trailer will be released soon, right? Indiana Jones needs to go back to his roots and not do interdimensional stuff. Good idea. Good. I, I do wonder where they'll go. They do magic and stuff. I don't mind that. So with the July 2022 release, do we think we'll get a trailer by Christmas? Probably re- release it with Spider-Man, since it is a Disney product. Maybe. I don't really know how trailers work. They could work. do that. 
when when a when a movie comes out, a trailer is usually paired with it by the by the production company. Like the movie that made so every time you every you were explaining to me what a trailer was. No, so every time you go see that movie, there's going to be the same trailer uh, with and it. And traditionally, no companies go. will pair with movies they know are big. Like yeah. you know, the next Marvel movie will pair. With or Star Wars will make sure to put their trailer with a movie that they know a lot of people will see, vice versa. And yeah. this okay. film is gonna it's gonna need a sort of reputation saver because King of the Crystal Skull kind of put Indiana Jones in a bad spot. We'll see if they can come out of it now, though. James Mangold's great cast. I'm excited for it. I'll look forward to that. All right, but that'll do it. Yeah, for look forward to this getting uploaded on Transistor. Yes. I look forward to the 30 minute special of me talking alone about the Lego game coming out next week. Um, on through through the lens, yeah, through through oh, the, the lens. Yes, behind the scenes, of and then there's going to be the other one behind through through the lens. Ah, yes, it's a multi-layered. I don't, ah, I don't yes. know if we have the ability for that. Um, <clears throat> but I think that'll do it for our Indiana Jones themed episode. I thank you all for joining us as we discuss the four Indiana Jones movies, why we liked three of them and all didn't like one of them. And again, as Jack said, it'll be up on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. We'll upload that uh, again every Friday at noon. You can follow us on Instagram at Through the Lens Weagle for any updates on movies we are watching, movies we want to talk about, and if you want us to discuss any other movies that you really enjoy, you can reach out to us there or just text us because most of you happen to have Davis or mine numbers. And we'll be back next week to discuss. That's right, Davis. Yeah, we're discussing Rango and. Megamind? That's why they call it the jungle, sweetheart. What? I don't even know how that... I said that earlier. That's from Indiana Jones 2. I, I, yeah, I, I, I remember that. But yeah, we'll be discussing those movies. Two relatively under-the-radar animated movies. Very excited to talk about those and many more movies here on Through the Lens. But we thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.